Straight from Boston, it's Founder Thought, the show that has everything from advice, ideas, and inspiration from founders and business owners that made it all happen. On this episode, Stephanie and Oz speak with Oscar Zepeda of Real Zepeda Tequila, a small batch family-owned tequila company with the mission of bringing an authentic and unique tequila experience to the world. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Founder Thought. This is Stephanie. Today, we're here with Oscar Zepeda. Hi, Oscar. How are you? Very good. How are you guys? Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Of course. So, Oscar, let's uh, talk about uh, your background, Lerby, and uh, where you are from, and let's talk about your family, Lerby. Of course. So, um, again, thank you so much for having me. My name is Oscar Cepeda. I am from Jalisco, Mexico, sure. uh, southwest of the um, of the country. Anything you know about Mexico, it's from Jalisco. <laughs> the mariachi, the tacos, uh, the folklore, tequila, everything is from there. And a little bit about me. I, I used to play professional soccer back in Mexico. Came here to the United States with an opportunity with a scholarship. Oh. And with that, we started an adventure with, uh, along with my father to, to create an, an impact the American market with uh, something called tequila. Okay, so how <laughs> do you like Boston? I love Boston. I love Boston, uh, land of opportunity, young crowd, and who wouldn't want to live in a city of champions? How, how do you like the cold? That piece, that... <laughs> because like from Mexico to here, it's pretty yes. different, yeah? That is the asterisk yeah. in the yeah. equation. Yeah. Big Absolutely. What brought uh, you into Boston? Um, so, uh, unfortunately, in Mexico, you are either in a very good soccer team, mm-hmm. but bad education, or you have a very good education, but not as competitive soccer team. Um, mm-hmm. The U.S. gave me the opportunity to, to have both in, mm-hmm. a, in college. So what drove me to here was that the dream to still mm-hmm. have a, a, a competitive aspect mm-hmm. in the sports, but also to really excel in, in the mind. So how can I uh, be my complete self? And, mm-hmm. and college gave me that opportunity. Amazing. Amazing. And you moved here 2017, yes? I moved here in 2013. I'm sorry, 2013. 2017, guys, when you came up with the idea. That's when we founded the company, correct? Yeah. Me and my father. So when you came up with the idea. The idea has been in the works uh, from pretty much before I came to the U.S. Um, this started, the, the whole thing started with the idea of creating a space for small and medium businesses from Latin America to be able to export their products uh, to the okay. U.S. Mm. That, that's how it started. And um, while learning the, the learning curve of, of all the documentation, finding out all the investment that a small and medium businesses producers from Mexico were doing but not able to reach to the final market, uh, we, we saw a niche of, of opportunity to really go and, and talk to these producers, tell them the areas of opportunity in the side of exportation towards, towards the market and how we, that's how we started. So now when you're on, your dad, did your dad work in a tequila before business or like do you have a history in the tequila business? Because it's hard drum like to go, okay, let's open a tequila farm or tequila business. It is, it is. Um, and no, the, the, the simple answer is no. And, and how we translate it into, into tequila for us is um, when we started seeing, um, you know, when, when a small producer from Mexico comes here to the United States or international markets in a fair, you see that um, you have a very high quality product. You have, uh, you know, you reach that, that potential, but you are not able to finally sell it because of mm-hmm. Um, X and Y in, in terms of documentation, label approvals, etc. And um, we started with this consultant company, um, creating an incubator uh, of about 500 
companies in, in Mexico to be able to reach that exportation level. Mm -hmm. And we started exporting beans, tortillas, cheese, sauces, you name it, all of, all these little items that will impact and, and we're impacting mm -hmm. the market. But at the end, we're from Guadalajara, Tequila Town, and we saw an opportunity, especially here in New England, where we could enter the market with something very unique. And for us, mm -hmm. that was tequila. So I actually, I have one more question. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about the tequila. But I saw a lot of guys talking about New England. This is a tequila for the New England people. This is a tequila for the New England. Why? Well, I just need, you know, I live in New England. I love New England. My in New England, my home. But why? Well, the main reason why this is, uh, and, and you say it very well, we always say this phrase, um, where Mexico meets New England. So this, mm -hmm. this marriage of, of the rich culture of New England, mm -hmm. the rich culture of Mexico, specifically Jalisco. Um, first, because it represents who we are, me and my father. We love Boston, as, as I mentioned. We love who we are as, as Mexicans. So it's a marriage of who we are. But also because um, it took us around two years We did surveys, we did tastings, we went to restaurant owners, mm -hmm. we went to consumers, and we identified that right flavor and that right feeling that a New Englander would like in their tequila experience. Okay. Amazing. 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 I have a question, actually. I wanted to understand a little bit about, so you're, you're talking about that incubator. What are some of the other challenges that folks were coming across? What are things that you noticed or that you identified or things that um, you were able to find resolutions for? Um, that were things that kind of grew that incubator scenario? Um, well, I, I could mention a couple of things, and then that's a very good question. Mm -hmm. um, the, in the, any exportation process, there's a lot of pieces that need to go in, mm -hmm. into it to be able to have a product in, in the national market to then export it. I will say that first and foremost was the knowledge of what mm -hmm. are the regulations entering to the market. So... <laughs> What are those paperwork, label approvals, registrations, um, depending on the type of, of product that you have? That is, is a major issue uh, within small producers, not because they don't um, want to know, but because where are the resources where they mm -hmm. can find these answers? So knowledge is a major impact. Second off is logistics. Well, mm -hmm. What is the best way for me to go from point A to point B um, mm -hmm. within this realm of exportation? And third, I will say that that knowledge of the target market. Mm -hmm. So knowing that even though if you have the amazing tortilla, but you go to a place that you know, no one knows tortilla, well, that could be an opportunity, but that also could be a very high challenge. Mm -hmm. So um, those three things we identify as um, barriers um, that any exportation process really have. But in our area of expertise and our area as geographically in, mm -hmm. in region in Mexico, Uh, we were able to um, really create this cohort and tell them, well, this is what are the steps to be able to export. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And so now when, when 2017 you started that, you came up, I think you started the business, yes, in 2017. Now, the tequila business, what, if, I'm, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I see every freaking celebrity has a bottle right now. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, right. It's like the hot business. This, bottle, this, yeah. this, this. So, like, how you break this market? How you come for this market with, even if celebrities, obviously, they jump in this because they know it's liquidity market, market, they have money, it has money. But how you break in this market with all those celebrities? Because I see, like, Josh Glory, uh, uh, the way the way Zark, I, I think, has one. Mm -hmm. Kevin Hart, even Michael Jordan has one. It's, like, yep. crazy stuff. How? 
Um, that's that's a good question. Um, so I will say that yeah, right now any celebrity that has more than half a million or a million followers, all of the sudden they are tequila makers, mm-hmm. um, and and that's uh, gives us two two indications. First, because the industry it's very lucrative. Mm-hmm. Um, people are interested in in learning more about the spirit, um, but for us it's also an opportunity. The more people outside of Mexico, outside of what the roots are get into the market first they give us the option of um learning for more an authentic route mm-hmm. um, if something is family owned something is traditional might be more impactful than a celebrity talking about it now obviously we're in a country that is marketing driven and you need to have brand positioning and that's where they have the advantage but at the end if we go hand by hand in a table and i explain my story and i explain why my tequila is in the different aspects, processing, etc., feeling compared to what the celebrity says, then that's when we win the battle. So this is why I think it's a challenge for small business like you, like us, because like you know, it's like people people love celebrity. In this like you know, I says people love celebrity, and <laughs> if they say sun goes from west everywhere, oh yeah, sun come up from so it's crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But this how how we like even if you tell a story, even people uh, people still drove through the seventy. So what make you tequila different? What like if I come for you, put like five to, bottle of tequila for me? How your tequila is gonna stand out from those? Well, I will say that that those are the connectors that that those celebrities do not have. Um, if I'm able to express within an image, within my bottle, within my social media accounts, um. In impacting uh, my local community, etc., my surroundings, starting small, because uh, as you mentioned, small business, as an entrepreneur, you have limited amount of marketing budget. Mm-hmm. But if you start with those small efforts and, and, and reach out with those um, business owners, communities, restaurant owners, etc., they start learning more about the process. So one thing I will, I will mention is that people, when they try us, they, they understand what we mean. And second off, they give us the the um, benefit of the doubt based on the offer that we create to them. Mm. We are very unique. We're family owned. We're Boston local in this case um, for for Massachusetts. But most importantly, we do our uh, product for our people. We mm. represent our people. We represent who we are. Um, as you can see in in the heart of our crest, it is our worker. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we have is that we're we don't have middlemen. Mm-hmm. The way that we cut our agaves all the way on how we present our tequila to the restaurant, to the liquor store, to the consumer, um, it's very unique because we don't have, you're talking to the producer, you're talking to the worker, and that is very empowering. Mm-hmm. So, I guess Amazing. you own a farm or? Uh... We have the lands. Yeah, the land. Um, then we uh, work with a distillery to, to yeah. build our, our own formula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, at the end, we control the logistics side of things to be able to, uh, through our licenses, to sell it. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you say this is a uh, impact your local community, how? There are, there, well, for us, and, and this is one of the, this, I appreciate the question because this is one of the reasons, if not the main reason why me and my father started the business. Sure. When we started seeing this learning curve of small and medium uh, businesses, whoever was able to finally export was very exploited in terms of pricing, in terms mm-hmm. of, of uh, contracts, etc., from the buyer. And for us, if we took out the middlemen, we're able to represent better our people and we're able to offer more opportunities back home. Why? Creating more jobs, paying better Mm -hmm. our workers. That's how we impact. Because for us, 
the only way to stop migration to happen because no one wants to leave our country, but you have to because of lack of opportunity is to create jobs back. And if we create have a brand, yeah. correct, we have a yeah. brand that does not that does not have middlemen, that is where we can mm-hmm. have that revenue for that. Mm. Amazing, amazing. Uh, so uh, and uh, so, what is your marketing strategy? Because uh, like this, I'm very interested because with all the uh, market or the uh, Uh, competition of the market because uh, I think the business tequila business how many billion it is it's like a huge business right now and it's a growing a huge business it, it is a it is a growing business and indications say that it's not going to stop uh, yes yes I um, saw this data like crazy it is it is very very interesting and crazy like you said yeah. um, so I will say to to the um, growing side and actually can you repeat me the, the question on the market strategy sorry so the marketing <laughs> strategy is for us we don't come with an offer we create a demand okay. so how do we do we make that by making shows by making events tequila classes uh, tastings because we know that when people try us then they understand the quality that we're offering in our story etc so Um, what we do is we go to a restaurant, we create an event, we create the demand. The restaurant understands that with our product, they'll be able to um, increase their tequila sales because of our processing. And, and I can dive in a little bit more on the specifics of why our tequila is uh, different than the competition. But with that, after the event, after they try it in the, li- in the restaurant and they ask, where can I buy it? Mm-hmm. Then we go to the liquor stores around in the areas and they say, hey, I'm going to have a, an event. I know this amount of people in percentage-wise, based on my case study, they're going to ask for my product. I would love to tell them they can buy it here. So we create a demand for the liquor stores um, and for the restaurants instead of coming up with that offer. And how much? How many people usually in this event join? It depends on the restaurant. It yeah. depends on the event. Yeah. So um, we do have all sorts of events because tequila has a lot of ways that it can be used. Um, if you're happy, you drink. If you're sad, you drink. If you have a long day, you drink. <laughs> any any occasion. Um, we usually typically want to pair it up with theme events. So um, right now, holiday season, we're trying to do uh, ugly sweater parties, uh, dancing mm-hmm. parties. Um, when it starts to get warmer, summer How are you doing bashes, ugly sweater party? Ugly sweater party? Uh, well, we usually pick a restaurant that mm-hmm. with uh, that scene. We do have DJ brand ambassadors that come And depending on the size of the restaurant, typically they sell between 50 See, to 100 tickets. This is why I love this uh, podcast, because actually I do have, we do have a brand of ugly sweater. Oh, nice. So we sell actually <laughs> ugly sweater, sweater online. Uh, we should actually talk about how we can button together. Because actually we do have a company, Get Ugly Sweater. It's our oh, company. No yeah, so uh, we should talk about how we button this locally. <clears throat> But actually this is a very smart idea. So now when you try to create demand... Uh, 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 but I think this would try to do something like this. I know small business... Listen, we all of us want, and we challenge. Like oh, yeah. you know, we invest. You put our stuff on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You, you, sometimes you need to think about how you're gonna pay the index months for that. <laughs> yeah, we know we understand because that's why it is a small business. But with all this said, do you think your strategy and demand strategy is gonna long, take longer time to build the brand, or guys that you see success with it? Um, I think the way that the market is right yeah. now, um, you obviously. If you want to make it fast, you need yeah. some sort of endorsement, marketing mm-hmm. money, because as you mentioned, celebrities are taking over and, and the, the U.S. market is attracted by who said what, who is wearing yes, what. Yes, yes. Um, but at the end, 
um, that is driving as well that personal side out. And the more we we are entering into places where we can offer a personal touch, a, a more unique experience, that will allow the brand to grow. And um, while it might take some time, the foundation will be stronger than yeah. than buying a celebrity saying, I mm-hmm. love this tequila. So um, we do believe in what we're doing and we do understand it might take some time, but we mm-hmm. know we'll be successful. So, Absolutely. yeah, I, yes, go I have a quick question. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about, because we talked a little bit about some of the areas where you had challenges and some things that you've provided resources and support on. Tell us a little bit about a couple of areas of success. So what are some things that maybe you identified during the process of building and importing um, that you can share with others? Um, obviously, our we're called Founder Thought, and our whole point of what we're trying to do here today also is obviously want to discuss and have a great conversation, but we also want to provide value to advice. our listeners and advice. advice. So what is something that you think um, you found that was an area of success or something that it was sort of an aha moment for you that you can share with us that maybe could apply to other businesses. Well, uh, for me, and and I, I always say this this side of things. Um, for me, that aha moment is, is when I you found your your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, yeah. find, finding the passion, and you know, at the end, um, we all want to have a sustainable fi- financial uh, life, etc. Um, but if you don't find if if that uh, motivation is is money. When when it comes, then then that idea will be gone. So uh, for me, that that piece of uh, aha moment, that piece of success, was was when you finally are able to reach a item, reach an idea, reach a, a, a business where you're able to passionately um, drive all those hours, wake up early, sleep late, and still be happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that moment of success where uh, nine nine people out of ten say, "Oh, I." I we didn't know tequila could be like this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we explain a lot that tequila for us should be not be an aggressive drink. We mm-hmm. are con- like against uh, salt and lime. We don't mm-hmm. like that. Um, and when we explain that tequila can be drank as a whiskey, as a bourbon on the rocks, mm-hmm. um, it's something out of the blue. And people are not accustomed to that. But when they try it, and after all the work you've done, and after all that means, and having people behind you, and you're representing a country, and you're representing your people... And they say, oh, this is the best tequila I ever had. Mm-hmm. Then that's when everything matters. Mm-hmm. I hope every entrepreneur and, and everybody listening to, to this podcast, uh, which is uh, amazing, finds that. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's worth it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And absolutely. We can't agree more because I think money comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think but even like, you know, you're going to have failure, you're going to have success. All of us, we have failure. We have success. But if you don't have passion, you don't driven by idea, Nothing's gonna, nothing worth it, you know. Nothing, no. and the end is not it's worth your time, yeah, yeah. It's your time that you're spending time, and you're investing, uh, and uh, the idea yeah. behind it. So, now why you guys against salt and uh, I, this is actually, I can't <laughs> come on. why you guys against salt and lemon, lime, lime, lime? I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, why, why? Well, just uh, let me put you in a perspective. So, when you mm. add lime and salt to anything, you kill the flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you if you're trying to drink a tequila and mm-hmm. then you're getting lime and salt, then that means you're trying to avoid what the tequila tastes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you're trying to get rid of that taste. Yeah. yeah. So why would you even drink that? Yeah. Right. Uh, so for us, and we have this hashtag on social media through our brand ambassadors, uh, hashtag No Chaser. 
Mm-hmm. Because that means that the product is well, product mm-hmm. is quality. If you're mm-hmm. adding lime and salt to the equation, which is just this thing that uh, someone in Miami invented a few years ago to mm-hmm. kill the the, the mm-hmm. flavor of horrible tequila, mm-hmm. um, then then it disrupts the image of tequila. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to try the product, if you really want to try the tequila, then I encourage you to try with that those chasers and then compare what mm-hmm. the actual tequila tastes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> and a question for you: How guys came up with your color brand? Like, is that a logo, the color brand? If you can talk a little bit about this stuff, of course. And and there's a lot of uh, symbolism and meaning within our our colors and our on our logo. And I, I appreciate the question. Um, our logo is based on our family crest, the Cepeda family. Um, mm. It's something that uh, my father, my my father and my grandfather started. Um, there are seven. Seven agaves, because in, in our in our crest, we modify it from the Spanish look to be more inclusive in our nature, which is our worker and, mm-hmm. our, and the nature itself, the agave. Um, there are seven agaves. It includes an OZ, which represents um, who we are. But at the end, what we're trying to convey is that the most important asset that we have is our people mm-hmm. and our worker. Mm-hmm. That's what it means for us. That's great. Great. Uh, anything else, Aska? When you think we should know about your brand? Um, well, I will. I would like to say that um, one of the most technical side of things of why our tequila is it's different and, and very interesting is that hydration side of things, and it's mm-hmm. very interesting. So, the way that you, I mean, just really quick, you, uh, uh, tequila comes from the agave plant. There's only one type of agave plant that can be used to create tequila. But and this is a plan, it's a bigger plan, yes. It is a very looks big like plan. Looks like a crazy plan, looks like attacking somebody else. <laughs> yes, like yes aggressive one. <laughs> aggressive one, okay. Um, this agave plant can uh, grow, takes seven years to grow. Um, oh, wow. And after you harvest it, um, you uh, have this plant that now is called a pineapple because it looks like a pineapple. Mm-hmm. Um, it it uh, weights around 200 uh, pounds. Wow. Oh, wow. So, so very big one. Um, but the most important thing and, and the difference is the processing of what we do. Our, our mm-hmm. tequila is a very artisanal product. Mm-hmm. And within that, it allows us to have a more hydrated agave. The way that we harvest it, the way mm-hmm. we cook it, and the way we distill it, our product is more hydrated. What the body doesn't want is sugar and, mm-hmm. and salt, but mm-hmm. the body wants water. Mm-hmm. If our product as a molecule more hydrated, your body is going to need less water to digest it. Mm. Hence, you'll be able to drink more without getting intoxicated. Mm. That's where we stand because with the competition, our restaurants are able to sell. Um, if someone, if someone, sorry, if someone goes to a restaurant and buys a house margarita mm-hmm. with the competition, they'll be able to drink one with us. They'll be able to drink two or three because it's healthier and friendlier to the body. Mm. Oh, wow. And let me ask you, how long it take like from the time you start, let's say, blend the, uh, I, I'm not, I'm, one more time, how do you say the name of the? Agave. Agave. Like from the time you blend the agave to the, the product finish and how long it take, how long is the process? I'm sure it's not easy process. No, it's uh, it's actually this magical aspect, sorry, this yeah. magical aspect of tequila. And uh, um, you, like I said, the plant grows seven years. Yeah. Seven years. So process. seven years you have to wait for it. This is not you plant it and you live seven <laughs> yeah, years, so, okay. have a life, and yeah. then come yeah. back. Yeah. So after that, um, it takes around uh, two or three days to actually make the the cooking process, the fermentation, yeah. distillation, and then um, after that, the the final product is the silver tequila. Now you have to decide if you want to age that product 
mm-hmm. or you want to keep it in in uh, silver. You mm-hmm. age it. There are three different tiers of aging. Uh, you have reposado, which is two months. Mm-hmm. We go all the way to six months. Um, we have añejo, uh, mm-hmm. which is one year. We go all the way to two years, and we have extra añejo, which is mm-hmm. three years, and we go all the way to five years. So potentially, if you have an extra añejo product, then you're as well. You're talking about a 12-year process. Wow. So, and what's the difference? Why is it for two months, six months, or five, uh, whatever, the five years or two years up to five years? What's the difference between, like, it's going to taste different, it's going to be stronger, it's going to be higher uh, alcohol? What's the difference? Um, so, all tequilas are, tequila is a regulated um, spirit. So, mm-hmm. we do have a tequila regulatory council back in Mexico. Yeah. The government controls the mm-hmm. process of tequila. And all tequilas in the United States are 40% alcohol by volume, 80% proof. So the alcohol volume does not change. What it changes is the flavor. And um, the more you age a tequila, the more you're going to gain in, uh, the more you're going to get in flavor, Mm -hmm. the less you're going to have in power. Mm -hmm. So a silver product typically is the most powerful one because it just came out of distillation. Mm -hmm. The more you age it, you're going to have more flavors, but you're going to lose a little bit of power. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I never wow. know. Okay, so sometimes I learned something new. <laughs> uh, uh, I have uh, one final question. I just wanted to ask: What advice would you give to other um, new startup businesses or importers or anyone else that might be able to take information from this? What would you? What advice would you give them? Well, uh, I will say two things. The first thing is is find your passion. Find mm-hmm. that one thing that is motivating you. That mm-hmm. is not money. Mm-hmm. that will keep you awake and it can be a friend it can be a dream it can be a, an objective it can be uh something that is going to impact your community mm-hmm. you're trying to change something mindset etc what is that that is going to drive you and wake up very early mm-hmm. and go to bed very late and you're fine with that because mm-hmm. that is that is the powerful seed when the hard times comes and obviously we all know in mm-hmm. this table small business <laughs> you have to come to back to that and that has to be very yeah. very powerful yeah. So I, I will say to that. And then the other thing, uh, especially for exports and, and small businesses, um, use all the resources. Yeah. Amazing. All of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. Uh, uh, it's our challenge with the small business. It's our challenge. And I'm sure you know. So when you keep talking about you wake up early and sleep late, I'm, I'm wondering, guys, how many hours a week, guys? Uh, I'm sure you put a lot of hours in this. Uh, I'm, I'm sure because, guys, you can do events, you go for a son, you go for. You got to be in the van, you got to go on Nusan, you got to sell it. And you dad right now in Germany doing for, yeah, shows. Like, so how many, like, you guys are very busy, yes? Yes, uh, I would say uh, uh, sleep is a luxury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we like to say that uh, in the day we are a tequila company. At night we're an entertainment company. Uh-huh. Um, tequila doesn't sleep. Yeah. So um, yeah. you have to force yourself to sleep. Mm-hmm. After two shots, I think probably would sleep. <laughs> you, you sleep. Amazing. <laughs> so, Oscar, tell us a little bit about um, if someone wanted to get a hold of you or learn a little bit more information, where can they find out more information? Um, you can always go to our, our website, uh, realcepedatequila.com. You can follow us. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at realcepedatequila.com. We regularly have a newsletter going out. We have events happening every weekend. And with that, you can find a map. You can go to the map and you can see which one is the closest location to you. And uh, one question I'm going to ask before we... Mm-hmm. Guys, you are online, yes? And Drizzly, yes? So uh, the way Drizzly works is a partnership with the liquor stores. Uh, so, so, okay. so the liquor store has to have it. You'd have to yes, get it from the local exactly. liquor store. Okay. Yeah. So, so we do 
we do put the link of Drizzly, but it's a partnership between Daily Crystal. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Excellent. Uh, All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. Thank you, Oscar. This video was fun. It was also a lot more... Uh, uh, I learned a lot about the process of tequila. So this video was fun. Thanks to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Founder Thought. You can find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at founderthought.com. Founder Thought is a production of Pepper Gang.